0: Hey everybody, Pastor Chip again, I hope everyone's doing well. So uh, you see the title of today's podcast called God's Warning. So I was sitting here thinking, trying to think of, think of a podcast, you know, and sitting here on the porch and listening to the rumbling, because it was rumbling a while ago, the Skies were turning dark and was rumbling and slowly it gets a little closer and eventually it starts raining. So talking about that, I mean, we know you've been around more for more than a day. You you know what thunder and lightning mean and. You know that it, it's the sign, it's the sign of things to come if you're in the path of the storm. Now out west or down east of North Carolina towards the coast and out west, midwest, you can you can see storms from really, really far off, you know, and you can see which way they're going and the wind and the, the dust kicking up. But up here in the mountains, I mean, you you can hear it, but it might run down a ridge. It might stay on the other side of the ridge. Sometimes it crosses over. And sometimes we'll have rain up here, you know, torrential downpour at my house, but you won't have it two miles down the road because it didn't cross the ridge or the stayed in the valley or whatever, you know, so... Storms are interesting in the mountains. And God gives us that warning, you know. He gives us a warning with storms. With the thunder and the lightning and the wind. and The temperature dropping. This is kind of a way of the way nature works, right? But, you know, you look back and... I was looking at Genesis, when Noah and the ark, I mean, you know, we're looking back trying to understand what happened in the world because there wasn't a lot of written record. And what we do have, uh, we we tend to believe that there was no rain, you know, because in Genesis 2, 5, and 6, it says... um, for the Lord had not caused it to rain on earth, and there was no man to till the ground. But a mist went up from the earth and watered the whole face of the earth. So, we tend to believe that there was that mist, you know, that just came up and watered the land. Even all the way up until the, the Great Flood. Because, you know, at that time it hadn't... It hadn't rained. God said, Genesis six seventeen. He said, and behold, I am bringing flood waters on the earth to destroy from under heaven all flesh in which is the breath of life. Everything that is on the earth shall die. So God gives them the warning. Everything that's on the earth shall die. Um, Just think about that. Now, I mean, I like to assume, and I know that's a bad word, but if you look at biblical tradition, the way God acts in the whole rest of the Bible after... The flood, he always gives people a chance, especially Old Testament. He gives people a chance. You know, he sent um, Jonah to the town of Nineveh to prophesy against their evilness, you know. And when the king heard it, the whole town repented. He even ordered that the beast in the town fast. You know, so that they prayed and God's anger relented and spared the town of Nineveh. You know, um, a lot of places. King David, you know, I mean, he he appealed to God and God turned away his wrath from him. Moses prayed for the people of Israel when God was so mad and wanted to destroy them that he, he turned his wrath off of Israel, spared Israel. So there are plenty instances in the Bible where God changes his mind. So I have to wonder in 120 years of Noah building the ark and then the last days when um He starts bringing in all the food and all the animals, I mean, stacking up all the provisions because they had to feed them and everybody had to eat for 40 days or, I mean, more than 40 days because it rained for 40 days and it was so much longer than that until after the water had subsided and they could come back down, come out on dry land. It took a long, long time So I have to wonder. Did people not heed Noah's warning? Was the world so so hard-hearted that they couldn't repent? I mean, it's not it's not God's will that any of us should perish, but the whole world at that time How many people were on the world? Who knows? If you look at um, arrowheads in North America, and you and you look at the quantity of arrowheads that are found on the Earth, there had to be tons of Indians, millions of Indians on the on the North American continent. If you look in the Amazon and South South America they've determined that there were huge cities, millions of people that were all in the interior of the jungles. And they believe that when white man came and smallpox and everything eradicated them and it's the same with the Indians, we killed off most of the Indians through disease. So there had to be millions and millions and millions of people on the earth. God? Do you think God wanted them all to die? Do you think he didn't offer any way out for those people? Do you think that they just ignored him and didn't believe that what Noah was saying? Well, if the Bible is accurate I don't say it's not correct, but I mean accurate in the timeline of it didn't rain until God caused it to rain and the flood waters to rise. You think maybe these people started saying, Oh he was serious. He really meant it. You know, and that was a time, in Chip's opinion, that was a time when God gave people plenty of warning, plenty of time, plenty of chances to change their mind. I mean, think about it today. I'm sitting here on my porch, I hear the thundering and the lightning and the rain, it's drizzling now. That's a warning, right? If God had not made that promise that never again would He destroy the earth by flood, we would wonder every time it started raining, wouldn't we? We'd wonder if we're going to have to pack up our stuff and get in the boat and head outside and wait for the water to crest over our houses. But thankfully, God made a promise that He would never, ever, ever destroy the earth by flood again. In Genesis nine eleven. He said, I established my covenant with you. Never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood. Never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. Because of that promise, I can stand here on my porch and enjoy the rain. I don't have to start packing again, throwing stuff in the boat. Come on, Ginger. It's, is this going to be the flood again or is it going to be just another rain? You know, that's the beauty of God's promise. But now, let's talk about those promises. God has given us another promise. He's given us everlasting life if we believe in His Son. And... It's kind of a two-part promise. Part A is if you believe in my Son, Jesus Christ and repent of your sins, you shall have everlasting life and never have to worry about dying unsaved. You know, we don't have to face judgment, eternal judgment. You know, effect, go to hell, condemnation. I mean, we're we're saved by the blood of the cross. the The second part of that promise is he doesn't give you a warning when he's deciding to call us all home. People think I've got time. I can wait. I can can go eat dinner at mom's house, or I can go party with the boys, or I can go on a trip, or I can wait until my time is right. But you know, he doesn't give us that time. He doesn't give us that promise. There's no lightning and thunder in the heavens to give you a warning The only indication that we have about how fast it will happen is the comparison of lightning in the sky. It doesn't say that there will be lightning in the sky. It says, For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will be the coming of man. It's going to be that fast. You're not going to hear a rumbling. You're not going to hear... People packing up their stuff. You're not going to hear an announcement on the radio. Jesus is coming in 24 hours. Have you packed your bags? None of that, people. None of that. And you know, I was talking to my buddy Kevin today. It would be nice if you got a little warning you know, just from the perspective of seeing the chaos, I'd like to see, you know, a news bulletin come out and say, Jesus will be here Friday at 1 o'clock. Are you ready? And then just sit and watch people going crazy. People trying to find the preacher. People, is it true? You know, what's it going to be like? And Maybe watching people buying up land or buying up goods that people are selling, or you know, like I'm not, I don't believe in it. I'm buying up all your property, or people running down the street shouting "Hallelujah!" In that aspect, it would be interesting. But just think of the 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 uh, alternate aspect. God says, as this as as if the lightning flashes in the sky from the east to the west bam Jesus Christ comes you know my friend connie says her grandmother used to say pinch yourself if you can pinch yourself and feel it then you haven't been raptured up it's going to be that fast you won't even recognize anything it'll be f- a flash you won't get a chance to pick up that phone and call your children or grandchildren. You won't get to tell your neighbor, bam, you're gone. It's even faster than Scotty being beamed up on the Enterprise. Can you imagine? I mean, I do. I, I try to imagine. I think, and I, I just... It's going to be awesome. But yet so many people... So many people are going to be left behind. Have you ever ridden a train before? In Europe it was a... Major mode of transportation. And I would take the train to different places. And I can still see in my mind... I would get on the train. And as the train pulled away from the station... in Germany, when the train says it's leaving at five o'clock, if you're standing there at 501, you miss the train. It leaves at five o'clock, and when it leaves, it doesn't just slowly pull away. it is gone. And you see the people on the landing looking or waiting, or the ones that are running up late and miss the train. That's what it's going to be like people. I've got my ticket. I'll be on the train. But there's going to be a lot of people left behind that's going to be standing there thinking to themselves, man, they were serious, weren't they? God really meant it. What am I going to do now? Well, I'm going to tell you, in heaven there's no mulligans. There's no respawns. There's no do overs. There's no get out of jail free cards. There's only judgment. Only judgment. Don't wait, people. Don't wait until that train has pulled off and left you standing on the platform. Don't stand around and think you're going to get an audible warning. You're not going to hear you're not going to hear something on the speaker. Say the train's arriving in station number one. You're not going to hear anything. You're going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye. this is pastor chip thank you for tuning in god bless everybody be safe have a good weekend get your heart right don't wait until it's too late i'm sure if the people in noah's time had repented changed their ways god would have made plenty of room on that ark for those people but the world was so wicked That room was made for not even one. Don't become so hardened in your heart that God can't find room for you in heaven. God bless and be safe.